0: I'm here today with Ugo Montruccio, the new manager on the SJP
1: Alternative Assets Fund. Ugo, hello to you. Perhaps we could start with a little bit about your investment background.
0: Yeah, um, I joined this industry uh, 13 years ago, coming straight from uh, university. I joined a company called uh, Barra, which was and still is a pioneer in risk management using a multi-factor approach. Uh, I stayed with the company for about five years and then I joined ING Bearings in their fixed income team, uh, supporting fixed income managers and doing some sort of quantitative analysis. After two years in that company, I then joined BlackRock. Uh, This was about seven years ago. Uh, I took different tenures during my, my stay and I started working in fixed income uh, in this organisation and then after one year I then moved into the multi-asset spectrum where effectively I have stayed thereafter. So I would say that I spent my last six years of my professional life only focusing on multi-asset investment.
1: I don't think factor investment is something that our viewers would be familiar with. Could you help describe a little bit about that?
0: Absolutely. So. Um, When you uh, approach uh, the Uh, issue of determining the best allocation for a multi-assets portfolio you can effectively take loads of different routes. Uh, One route that has been uh, very explored in in theory is obviously to consider the benefits of diversification between the different asset classes and so say for example that you have the choice of investing in listed property you may determine what would be the expected correlation and return property of this particular asset class. What we tend to do instead is rather than simply looking at Uh, the stereotype of this asset class is to look at what is likely to influence the returns of this asset class moving forward. So to go back to my point about listed property I'm asking myself what is likely to drive the returns of this particular investment moving forward in three, five years' time. And so the obvious answer would be its sensitivity to inflation, its sensitivity to the economic cycle, its sensitivity to illiquidity, and its sensitivity to interest rates. So if I start diluting into what are the main components of an asset class behaviour, I believe I have a better handle of how to create a portfolio that is truly diversified. So, in terms
1: of the Alternative Assets Fund, how do these tools that you describe help uh, meet the objective of equity-like returns with lower volatility and and lower correlation to equity markets?
0: So, essentially, um, the Alternative Assets Trust have got, in my mind, three main characteristics or three main targets. One, exactly as you said, is to provide capital growth over uh, the medium cycle. Uh, Number two is to do that by investing in alternative assets. And number three is to have a focus or a secondary theme on inflation hedging. And we may touch upon it later on. Um, the way we do it is we look at, at a spectrum of asset classes that we've. You know, find eligible for investments, and we look in isolation at each of these a- different asset classes. So go- to going back to my earlier example, we were looking at listed property and think how property is going to behave in an inflationary regime or in deflationary regimes. Once we are happy with the characteristic of the different investments, we would then structure a portfolio which in our mind combines Cyclical forces and counter cyclical forces. So, you have, for example, inflation linked bonds, which tend to behave more defensive, behave in a more defensive way than equities, alongside more high octane assets, like, for example, emerging market equities and the likes. So, looking at what drives uh, asset classes returns is the first principle, and then the second principle is once we have that uh, you know, grasp, let's look at the best blend of this driver of forces of returns, so that our investor can stay truly diversified in different economic regimes.
1: Ugo, the portfolio has got exposure to a number of asset classes that I don't think our investors would be familiar with, like clean energy or timber. What is it that attracts you
0: to those asset classes? We basically buy um, assets that are uh, exchange traded. And so, uh, to go back to your example about timber or clean energy, there will certainly be a component of their performance which is inherently uh, linked with what equities will do. So in a world where, for example, equity markets rally, timber equities and water energies will also rally. So there is an element of pure equity movement that characterizes these investments. But the great thing about them is that they represent different views about the future. So going back to your example about clean energy, Clean Energy effectively is investing in companies that haven't produced great cash flows as yet. They represent a very nice story in terms of what the future direction of the energy management might go, but they represent effectively a very growth-based punt, effectively, on the future direction of of things. If we then move to another asset class, which is in some way, underrepresented in our investor portfolio, that being uh, uh, water. Water is representative of companies which are on the opposite spectrum. They have produced cash flows. They are more defensive. They're more, uh, they are more. They are obviously dividend uh, utilities company, and so they are better linked with inflation. And so, if you think about what the different characteristic of these different investments are then it becomes much clearer that what we try to do in the end is try to blend the different properties in a way that our investors stay balanced. We want to capture the growth dynamics on one hand and the counter-growth element on the other. Again, it's a strategic exercise and what we try to avoid is uh, uh, falling at the mercy of the consideration that all that is called alternative behaves exactly in the same way. We talked about inflation hedging
1: earlier in the interview. Is this one of the ways in which you use inflation hedging in the portfolios?
0: Exactly. So there are effectively three uh, classes of inflation hedging assets within the portfolio. And the portfolio, as I was saying before, is largely designed with inflation hedging in in mind. Uh, So these three asset classes are uh, inflation linked bonds, which are all UK denominated assets and obviously have got a, a very good correlations with uh, inflations in, in the UK. Then we have a sizable allocation to uh, commodities, which is another asset class that has provided historically good uh, positive correlation with inflation, although with different timing. So, why is the linkage between inflation linked bonds? and inflation itself is very well established and is logical with commodities it's not as clear-cut as that. But again, going back very long, si- long time, there is obviously some sort of representation or pass-through from the commodity markets to the actual you know, um, uh, inflation basket. And so this is the second big allocation that we have. And then the third one will be on those equity investments that tend to pay larger dividends. And f- and namely, the two examples in mind are water, as I was saying before, and property. Property again uh, is an investment that has got a larger than usual distribution, and there is a, a, some form of um, pass-through mechanism between uh, the income that you know uh, lenders will receive on their property assets and you know the actual uh, the actual rates. So. Uh, in terms of inflation hedging, the characteristic of uh, real estate investment trusts tend to be more linked to inflation than a standard equity asset, for example. You access these asset classes through exchange traded funds. Could
1: you help us understand why these are efficient instruments for you to use?
0: So, uh, in my mind, exchange traded funds uh, represents the most cost efficient way of achieving directional exposure to market movements. Uh, the markets have been uh, very well uh, li- have got very high liquidity. The ETF market in general has expanded exponentially. We were looking at the markets effectively focusing only on equities only 20 years ago. And if you look at the range of investment that you can reach with you know ETFs this day has become incredible. You can virtually span across all the possible possibilities for for investors. So the 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 cross-section of the large availability of ETFs, the asset classes that they can actually provide exposure to and their inherent liquidity is what attracts me. Now I would go even further than that and say that in certain markets where liquidity can be more challenged, take high yield or emerging market debt, the actual price discovery is easier to be done on ETFs than on actual markets. So for a high yield being a good example, market makers for example would struggle to find quotes for uh, uh, high yield bonds in certain periods, but you can always see what kind of pricing spreads operates on ETFs, and so you can have a pretty good gauge of where the dislocation in the markets are in l- real time, where it would be almost impossible to do so- an equivalent exercise if you were to look at the physical markets.
1: The portfolio has a lot of exposure to commodities. How do you see the opportunities for this asset class over the next couple of years?
0: Um, so commodities uh, has got a, a larger location in the portfolio, essentially because of two characteristics. One, it's a growth-like asset in our mind, so it's exposed to the uh, pro-cyclical um, cycle, and it's an asset that we expect to deliver growth over medium-term horizon. Number two, has got somewhat clear. Uh, and establish linkages to inflation, which is one of the theme of, of this portfolio. Commodities have been under uh, you know very difficult times recently. Uh, their performance uh, since the beginning of this year has been not particularly satisfactory. Large part of that reason is because of their relationship with emerging markets. Now. We're not trying to be overly tactical in this fund, we're trying to take the medium-term picture. And commodities in general are a very diverse spectrum of investments. If you think about an investor buying commodity basket, There will be representation of precious metals, which tend to behave against interest rates, so they may be challenged for certain reasons. And alongside the same dimension, you will have more uh, growth-like commodities, like industrial metals or uh, energy. So it's a very diverse, uh, you know, dispersed universe, which itself in itself has got lots of diversification. And to me, in my mind, there are two considerations that still make me happy to keep them in the portfolio at the moment. One, that the world is still growing the developed world has shown timid sign of growth, but that growth aids initiatives, particularly in the U.S. And emerging markets are still growing as well. So they are not growing as fast as they used to, but they're still growing. So the demand from you know in terms of raw material will still be there over the next two or three, as in my mind. And number two, very important now, the geopolitical risk that were you know they've been very underpriced in the markets until now are starting resurfacing. And think of the Middle Eastern crisis that we are re- living right now and its potential impact on energy prices. Uh, it's again, again a good story for why we think that you know, it's, it's a proper uh, investment to have in the portfolio.
1: So in summary, what are the three reasons investors should make a, an investment in the Alternative Assets Fund?
0: So the Alternative Assets Fund has got three main characteristics. It aims to provide diversified growth with low correlation to equities. It invests in assets which may be already under or underrepresented in an investor portfolio and it's got a very big important design in inflation hedging. Uh, so, these three characteristics, I think, make it very suitable as a complement to other growth-type strategies and they are very suitable for investors who have got a strategic view rather than a very short-term or tactical view. Ugo Muldricher, thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much. Any views and opinions expressed are solely those of the individuals and are subject to change. Where individual securities are mentioned, they do not necessarily represent a specific portfolio holding and do not constitute a recommendation to purchase or sell. Please be aware that past performance is not indicative of future performance. The value of an investment may fall as well as rise and you may get back less than you invested. Returns on equities cannot be guaranteed. Equities do not provide the security of capital characteristic of a deposit with a bank or building society.